and welcome to the third installment of Sky Talkers. I'm one of your hosts, Caitlin, and this is Charlotte. Hi! Today we have a very exciting episode where we are going to be talking about something completely brand new that no one else has ever talked about before, and we're going to be talking about Rogue One, which we know we're a little late to the game, but what can you do? Um, I've seen it three times now, which we just saw it last night, actually, and how many times have you seen it, Charlotte? Five. Five. Yeah. Yeah. Five. Five. So we saw it twice on opening night. Um, back to back. Yeah, back to back viewings. Um, but I haven't seen it since actually. So when we saw it last night, it was it was a good refresher. The thing about Rogue One, you know, I think I saw the Force Awakens in the movie theater. Like, what? I don't even remember my number. You, it must have I been like it was fourteen. Double, and yeah, 15. It was definitely double digits. Yeah, and the, for some reason that was. Because I don't think that there was, like, a huge emotional stake in The Force Awakens like there was in Rogue One. It just seems like... Oh, that's dangerous territory because of Han Solo. <laughs> you gotta be careful what you say. But you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Rogue No, One, I don't think anyone all... else listening is gonna agree with that. It's gonna be like, Han Solo's death completely tops the, the deaths in Rogue One. I, I don't... All right, sure. <laughs> I sure. mean, I don't know if I necessarily. I think the third act that. of Rogue One is like pre- some of the saddest Star Wars we've ever seen, and yeah, it, is. it. I remember. I mean, okay. When we left The Force Awakens, we were hyped. When we left Rogue One, we were sad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, oh uh, yeah. It was. It, I think we both agreed that it was going to take us a while to see it again. Yeah, I. Yeah. I had to see it with my parents, mm-hmm. so I had to go see it again and. Keelan did not. I, well, so for one waited. thing, I couldn't emotionally handle it, and then I just got busy, and, you know, my schedule couldn't let me <laughs> go see it. But, yeah, oh, man, I, I think I remember the first time we saw it, seeing when the Death Star pulled up, and I think it was General General Radish, as I like to call him, but General Radish. 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 Um, <laughs> When he says there's something coming out of hyperspace or something like that, and you see the Death we were Star pulling, audibly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just knew that it was it was all over. At well, that the music point. cues also kind of hit that. Yeah, and you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, <laughs> this is not yeah. gonna end well. Ugh. It was we, so sad. The thing though is that we all should have known. We should have known. No, we did know, but we didn't want to believe it. <laughs> at least I didn't, especially not after seeing. I, After just, I the really movie. thought Lucasfilm was going to let one character or so survive to continue their story, whether it's in Rebels or in comics or something. Like, I know that they love to establish characters and then continue them throughout. So, you know, yeah, they really I, had a lot of balls to kill every single person <laughs> on the poster. Yeah, I think it's, I don't know, I think it's great, though, that they all died. I mean, I think it's... It's realistic, which is what I think Gareth Edwards and Lucasfilm were all really concerned with, was making sure this was a realistic war film. And in war, people die, and they don't come back. You know, they don't get saved by the Force. There isn't, you know, the Millennium Falcon to swoop in at the last minute and save them. They die, and the war moves on. Um, you know, last night, Caitlin and I were talking about how the whole movie, and it's, it's perfect, but... The fact that they set the Rebel Alliance up on almost like three separate occasions as failing. You know, you see it and they're not together. They can't come together. They can't agree on anything. And, you know, they come in early and edu and, you know, Mm -hmm. ruin everything. (laughs) And, um, 
you know, they don't have the right direction at all. And it's just you constantly see them fail, fail, fail. And it isn't until A New Hope. It perfectly sets it up for A New Hope because it isn't yeah. until A New Hope where you finally see them all come together. Yeah, and there's such dissension between, like, Mon Mothma and um, Cassian, the general who Cassian kind of takes his orders from to yeah. kill Galen. Um, and then at the Senate meeting, no one nope. can agree what's <laughs> supposed to happen. <laughs> what is she even proposing? What is she even proposing? <laughs> the faceless voice in the back. <laughs> um, okay, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's talk. Let's start off with fun things. So let's talk about our favorite Easter eggs from the film. Okay, you go first. I think, obviously, I loved all the Rebels Easter eggs. And the first time we heard General Sandula, we both freaked out in the theater. We were like, Sandula, Hera, uh, Sandula. twice, too. Yeah, it was like, are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> She's alive. <laughs> um, but I loved that one. And I don't know, the, the blue milk at the, the beginning of the film uh, in the Urso's homestead, um, I absolutely loved that. I thought that was great. Um, like it's blue milk everyone drinks blue milk in the galaxy <laughs> yeah um yeah I think that's my favorite too I love the general Sindula thing and I also really 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 love all the found footage um mm-hmm. of the red squadron um and I think that is something that only as like a fan or someone who would recognize those you know kind of small faces would notice and we mm-hmm. noticed it right away we were very very excited yeah yeah it's such a great it I don't know. It's just so great for the the history of Star Wars to have stuff like that that they can fall back on and integrate into these new films that feel so real and that um, people who are seeing it for the first time who aren't huge Star Wars fans and wouldn't pick up on it, it's just seamless for them. Um, And, I mean, it also just speaks to Gareth's ability to, like, how we are leading right up to A New Hope, literally seconds Mm -hmm. um, before A New Hope starts. So I think... Yeah, I think that was really cool. And the story, of course, when they found the footage and Gareth was such a fanboy about it. <laughs> just <laughs> lying about. <laughs> they don't lie, lie about. about. <laughs> <laughs> They're carefully archived. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's talk about, Let's should we go through the characters and talk about what we liked, what we didn't like about them? Sure. One thing that we saw in a lot of the critiques on Rogue One was about the characterization and how there wasn't enough characterization of the the characters, Um, which (laughs) I don't know. I disagree with a lot. Um, I just think that in the Star Wars universe, we're so used to having, for one thing, Star Wars has a linear timeline, and so we don't have this thing with like parallel universes or going back in time. Uh, Rogue One was the first instance where we saw flashbacks, um, so that was brand new. But you, you know, never know, though. What is that thing in The Force Awakens? The Force back? We're not. <laughs> Who knows? You're right. I don't know. But as of now, it's a linear timeline, um, and so everyone, all of us as fans, we expect to know. We're so used to having all this information about where a character was during the Clone Wars, where they were during the start of the Rebellion, where they were when the Empire was in control, and where they were at the end of Return of the Jedi. We're used to having all the blanks filled in for us. And the fact that we don't have that in Rogue One, I think people wanted to have the entire backstory of Jin, what she was doing with Saw. Everyone wants to know where Cassian was, why he's so hardened. Um, Everyone wants to know about Chirrut and Baze and how they became friends. And... They count it as a negative thing in the story that we don't have those things. Like it, we take it for granted totally about yeah. how much background information we're usually given about some like small characters in Star Wars. Yeah, and I disagree that that shows that they're not 
that they have bad characterization. It's not the job of the movie to tell us their life story. It's the job of the movie to make us care about them and feel something when they do something heroic or when they die. And I know I did when all of them died. So I think in that sense, it was a success. Um, and would I like to know how Baze and Sherwood became friends and, you know, the guardians of the guardians Temple of the, the Wells. Wells. Yeah. And would I like to know what caused Baze to lose his faith? Yeah, sure. But at the same time, I didn't know when you saw A New Hope, we didn't know how Chewie and no, Han came together. we didn't together. know anything. Do we now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I guess we will at the Han Solo movie. Yeah, I guess we will. But even now. Again, we, you know, Star Wars loves to fill in a lot of different character. It does. Stories. And we really expect that and yeah. it's not fair I don't think to dock a movie because of that yeah and I mean I've seen a lot of comparisons to A New Hope and how A New Hope has such great characterization but there's a lot left out um you know we don't know how Han and Chewie are friends uh there's a lot about Princess Leia that isn't explored there's a lot about Luke that there's isn't so explored. much about Princess Leia actually that's ex- that isn't explored yeah and I don't know I just think that people are are rash in those kinds of critiques on Rogue One. And the thing is, is that we actually did get a lot in um, Catalyst. We got so much backstory about Jin. I mean, she's just a child during all of this, and mm-hmm. her father and Galen. I mean, it was it was the only instance I felt where reading a book like Catalyst or Star Wars book that takes place before um, the movie really, really helped, especially just the first scene. The first scene, like, I knew it was happening. I mean... Last night we were talking about how, like, if you didn't know that Galen was a scientist or anything, I think you'd be a little confused up until, like, maybe the middle of the movie. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, I think it would be hard to kind of figure out what was going on Mm -hmm. uh, as far as what his role in all of it was and why it was so important to find him. Um, But I think that's what's great about Star Wars movies is that the whole point that George set up in the beginning of... A New Hope is that you're coming into the middle of a story. Um, the movie doesn't take time to catch you up on what's going on. It doesn't take time to catch you up on where you are. It trusts or its what, viewers. Yeah, or what the political situation is. It just throws you in. It gives you Luke, and you kind of learn as he learns. Um, now, I guess the difference with Rogue One is that you're kind of thrown into the middle of the war, whereas with Luke, he was being introduced to the Rebellion versus the Empire, and so you got to go on that journey with him. Um, whereas with Rogue One, you're just kind of immediately thrown into it, which is a little different, but I think the same kind of construct. Totally. Um, okay, all right, so the characters, that was a bit of a, um, a sideline. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's start from the top. Jen, what did you think of her? What did you like? I really liked Jen. I thought, um, there's one scene that always sticks out in the movie where I just, I just don't like it and I don't really get it, when she tries to escape after being freed, um, in... I forget what planet it is. Wobani. It's Wobani. It's Wobani. Um, when she is being rescued, um, mm-hmm. as K2 SO puts it, she's just so aggressive and it's just like, stop. Just girl, stop. And you don't really. <laughs> girl, calm <laughs> down. <laughs> um, I, it just sticks out to me because it just doesn't really vibe with the rest of her character, I feel like. See, I thought it vibed. Because she's, she's like Ahsoka. She's great. She's in the middle. She's not with the the Empire or the Rebellion. She doesn't care who's rescuing her. Just that just someone, else, someone else is taking her. I think that's what she sees it as. Someone that's else is true. taking her. Um, and she <laughs> does not want to be taken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 
I like Jin. She's not my favorite female heroine in Star Wars. No. Um, and I don't know why, because I really, I don't know. Do, do, what What do you think? I like. Her. I I like her. I, I yeah, really do I like, like her, Jen. and I probably like. I'm very very much looking forward to like previously announced novels where it goes into Jin's. Jin's backstory childhood. and her childhood, and her definitely was saw. saw. Like that, I think that's going to be great. And I'm going to be very, very interested in that. I mean, I love yeah. female characters in Star Wars. I think they're awesome, but the she's not my favorite. Yeah, I like her. I think um, I don't know. I just think there wasn't enough time with her. Not not that they could have created more time, but just the fact that she died in the end. Like they were up against the clock. It was this kind of now or never yeah, and moment. Maybe that that's why she's not my favorite because there's not a lot of like undiscovered depth like there is around yeah. like Leia mm-hmm. and Rey, you know? Yeah. There's more to her story, but all in prequel form. We'll never we'll never get to see her again. Exactly. In future installments. And the thing the the also sad thing is we'll probably never hear about her again in uh, like the sequel trilogy or no. what other other standalone films they no, do. No, I don't. I honestly don't think that she'll ever be. Yeah, and I think that's part of the point. You in know, the she sequels. was just she was just part of the rebellion, um, okay. which is great. That's great. Yeah, I think so yeah. too. I think it's perfect. Um, okay, so next on our list, Cassian. I know you love Cassian. I love Cassian. I love Diego Luna. The thing is, is that okay? So. You know, all the advertising and everything, he is such, you know, he takes orders, and it's he's a great, conflicted, rebellious character. Yeah. That I honestly think people are kind of taking for granted, because that first scene where he shoots that guy, Pablo Hidalgo look-like guy, <laughs> in, yeah. the, in the alley. Wow, I've never thought <laughs> of that before. Um, and uh, that's like, that is the oh shiz scene <laughs> yeah well we're it's funny because um before the I don't know did we already talk about this in the last episode before the film came out and all the trailers and stuff <laughs> I was convinced that Cassian was gonna have this heart of gold <laughs> and he was gonna Jin was gonna be the one to make him do these really hard things for the rebellion um and then when we were watching the movie and he shot the Pablo Hidalgo lookalike it was like <laughs> it was it was an it was oh shiz moment. moment. Like, yeah. Okay. Well, the, the uh, thing is, is I was wrong about Cassian. That scene <laughs> serves as such a, you know, I, that also that kind of feels like a reshoot scene. By the way, because I think it was. I think it was too because, you know, you have to be convinced on Edu that he's actually going to pull the trigger mm-hmm. and kill Galen. And the reason why we are convinced that perhaps he could kill him is because we saw him shoot that guy. Yeah. And if that scene wasn't there, I don't know. I. I don't know if I would have been as convinced of, is, as his, yeah. like, potentially murderous type, <laughs> you know, willing to do whatever for the Empire. I mean, for the Rebellion. Whoa. The Rebellion. The Rebellion. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I think the movie is trying to get across, that people on both sides are doing horrible things. Um, just because one says that they're right and, you know, the Empire, they say the Empire is wrong. Is that true? Um, you know, it's funny in the visual guide now they're called visual guides not visual dictionaries okay um his backstory is so interesting <laughs> though not yeah. a formal separatist and or became part of the confederacy backed by ins- insurrection insurrectionists sell at a young age tossing rocks and bottles at the republic walkers and clone soldiers he is so gray he's the gray he's 
he's the grayest rebellion leader. Yeah, Cassian's backstory is really interesting um, and how he uh, was basically part of the Separatists as a kid. Like, his family was part of the Separatists. Um, I think it said he was six in the cl- when the Clone Wars started or mm-hmm. when they ended. Um, yeah, he's 26. He's in 26 Rogue now. One. Yeah. So. No, never. No. <laughs> <laughs> always he's 26. 26. He'll always be 26. Yeah, but I I loved Cassian. I thought he was a really interesting character, and his, I think Jin kind of represents the first time that someone's kind of given him a different option on what to do um, and shown him that it's okay to do the right thing. You don't always have to take orders necessarily. And sometimes it is just about doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I think he eventually comes around and after... Well, he believes yeah, Jen. After, yeah, he believes Jen and he like gets together that ragtag volunteer army um, in need of a shower. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I I don't know. I loved Cassian. I thought he was great. Um, I loved him and Jen's relationship. I liked how it developed over the film. Um, Me too. I love that you you don't you don't love this, but I love that there's no kissing. No, okay. I, <laughs> I'm a I'm a romantic. Okay, I admit it. I ship characters when I shouldn't, and I accept that about myself. Okay, um, and I I like that they didn't kiss in the film, but the shipper in me is like. Man, I wish they kissed. Yes. <laughs> but I just kiss. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was the right choice for the movie, though. But I still wish it would have happened. I think and that the, the last scene, though, when they're together is enough. I think so, too. But I do think that in the elevator, they did shoot a kiss. I and it just got cut out. Um, I think they did, like, just to play with it and see... If it worked. Yeah, to see if it worked. Because... Their I faces are very close together. I am so interested in the cut scenes. I love deleted scenes just off the bat. Yeah. But this, I'm just, like, so excited for. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see in, like, years to come what they left out of the initial, Mm -hmm. like, Blu-ray release and what gets included in the future. Totally. And Um, I think this is going to be something that keeps coming up at celebrations. You know, like, when we were at Celebration 5 when they showed the Luke with the lightsaber. Oh, yeah. Like, (laughs) that was a good moment. Yeah. I forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like this is that's what's going to be with Rogue One. We're just going to keep seeing, like, revealing shots and mm-hmm. revealing cut things that aren't on, included on the Blu-ray, and et cetera. Well, do you think, because uh, there are all those famous shots. Famous. Famous. Um, <laughs> there are all those shots from the trailer where they're running down the beach, like Jin and Cassian, with the Death Star plans. So do you think they had originally... Well, no, we know they never originally survived. Yeah. But I guess it's a question of how they got the plans out if they weren't I transmitting heard, them. I heard that it was the satellite... So, the whole thing was that they were in that satellite tower. Yeah. And that they had to go... Basically, she had to go to the top to get to the satellite tower. Yeah. And that's where she sent it. So, basically, I, I heard... Oh, so the tower was in a different the tower place. was in a different location. Okay. So, basically, she just had to leave. So, it was the same thing. Which I think was... Yeah. It was the same, it was the same thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure when they went through the drafts and the cuts and the reshoots, they were like... Why do we have this scene when we could have her just going up to the top? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make sense for the the tower to be. And I'm sure like the digital effects the... weren't even rendered yet, so they figured that yeah. one out. And we kind of lose the moment of like one Cassian probably wouldn't have been able to fall while they're getting the the plans because they're running. Mm-hmm. You know, both of them are running down the beach and 
the original version. So you wouldn't have had that moment. Where of, he comes back and shoots Fennec. Yeah, well, you wouldn't have had the moment of him dying. Well, what we think of him is dying, and then Jin kind of having to muster up the, the strength to keep Do going. Yeah. yeah, and not having a moment to, you know, try and save him. Um, yeah. Um. So I, you want to move on to K2SO or Bodhi? Yeah, yeah, we'll go at K2. So, Caitlin is K2SO. Yeah, Charlotte told me last night that I was K2SO. Every <laughs> single line that he says, I swear, Caitlin has said something similar. I mean, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I've been known to be a little sarcastic. I'd like to think I have more of a filter than K2, at least around people I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Charlotte and my family and friends, I definitely do. <laughs> have a bit of a sarcastic side yeah I mean <laughs> um it's, part of me thinks that K2 I wonder what K2 and Chopper would be like together because they're both you know kind of sarcastic assholes that would be so, such a good I wonder like Chopper cam <laughs> I really think that like maybe K2SO's like origin of his character is like what if Chopper could talk yeah and was like a reprogrammed Imperial droid. Because it's mm-hmm. similar. They are quite similar. similar. Yeah, I would love that. <laughs> oh, Never gonna happen. That would be actually, so... It, it could, could happen. happen. It, it could, could absolutely happen. happen. With Rebels Recon, how they brought <laughs> Chopper over to England. They could Man. just bring K2 Do back, we, even yeah. though he's not a real droid. I really want Disney to make some sort of meet and greet with K2SO. I think it's possible. I think it's possible, too. It, <laughs> it would just be interesting to see how they do it if it's a person like in some kind of or if it's like a puppet suit. or like something a robot a puppet. a puppet a puppet it can't be a puppet no it can't be a puppet <laughs> <laughs> a puppet k2so really yeah <laughs> i can see them making uh like a life-size k2 that doesn't move just a statue yeah that kind of thing that you could take pictures with at celebration, because his legs are so thin that it would be hard to. I know, like unlike three PO, which is actually a human inside. Yeah, it's a constructed suit right. or something. Um, I guess we'll see at celebration what people bring. Yeah, I bet they'll just have a, like a, a statue of K two, mm-hmm. but okay. Apart from him reminding you of me, did you like him? Yeah, I loved him. I thought he was a great comic relief and a pretty, dismal story. Okay, that's sad <laughs> because that, that, that came out wrong. In a vi- okay, all right. But, your, what was your favorite K two snarky line? Um, I love just like personally, I love when he slaps um, Cassian. Cassian, yeah, because I know that's ad lib, and you can totally see mm-hmm. um, Diego, Diego Luna Luna laughing. laughing. Yeah, that one's really funny. I like when um, they first get to Jetta and. Uh, Jin tells uh, tells K2 that he can't come with them into Jeddah, and she goes, uh, I'm not worried about you getting shot. I'm worried that they're going to miss you and hit me, and just, like, throws her backpack at him. He goes, well, I wouldn't mind that, <laughs> and just drops her backpack. <laughs> it's so funny. It's yeah, that, I do like that moment a lot. Um, and then when he, of course, tattles on Jin and goes, why does she get a gun? <laughs> Cassian, what? What? I can't believe you're gonna let her keep it. Okay, I think we should talk about ba- uh, Bodhi. Bodhi, I know you yeah. have a lot of thoughts on Bodhi. Um, so clearly, this is, Bodhi's character is someone who is did they did a lot of reshoots with him. Mm-hmm. Again, the first scene with him, definitely on Jetta, is totally a reshoot reshot scene. I think that they added 
the fact that he was a local boy from Jeddah to, like, make his character a little bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. But I think there's something about Bodhi's story and arc that's, like, so unique to Star Wars. Not unique to Star Wars, but it's a pretty similar, like, Star Wars trope that, like, anyone can accomplish this. And, I mean, just this one kid that Galen um, believed in, you know, he gave him a message and said he could do it, and then he actually does it, and, you know, he, he pulls it off, and he, it's just, like, it's, it's just the classic hero story, and it's, I don't know. But you I don't, love him. yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's because of Bodhi that they even get, get the plans. Get plans out, yeah. You know, if Bodhi hadn't brought the message, Jen and Cassian couldn't have no. gotten the plans. Um, so, really, everything <laughs> goes back to well, Bodhi. Well, actually, no, because then Chirrut was the one who hit the master switch. No, but I'm just saying that the mission wouldn't have even existed. No, without the rebellion him. wouldn't even know about the Death Star no. if it wasn't for Bodhi. No, he it he it was so smart for Lucasfilm to expand on his character because he is crucial in this whole mission. Yeah, but I think, and again, I think it goes back to just this idea that the whole point of this movie is that yes, these people are heroes, but they're not heroes we remember. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, no one is going to talk about Bodhi. No one talks about... No one... When they're doing... When Jin is doing that huge pep talk for the um, the, the council um, and the rebellion, Bodhi is there, but, but no one says to Bodhi, oh, thank you for bringing this the- information, or it was crucial that we got this information like what a sacrifice, Bodhi. yeah. Yeah, Bodhi Rook brought this information to us. Like, uh, the, the something that I thought about just now was that scene... Okay, so... Bodhi is um, someone who left the Empire. And I guess he's... No, but like similar to Finn, at least when Finn comes back to the Resistance in The Force Awakens, Mm -hmm. Leia's like, it was incredible what you did. It was so brave, you know, renouncing the Force Order, First Order. You know, it is... There was recognition there, and Bodhi doesn't get any recognition. Yeah. Not that we see. Yeah. It's interesting, too, comparing Bodhi and Finn, because they're both very, um, timid is the wrong word, I think, for Finn, but Bodhi is very, uh, jumpy throughout the film about, uh, getting to Saw. He's very nervous and very agitated. Um, he's scared. Um, yeah, he's, he's so scared. Yeah, he's scared. And I think Finn shows signs of that, too. Uh, his, his is a little bit more comical than <laughs> Bodhi, you know. Yeah. You want to go back to Jakku? Why does everyone want to go back to Jakku? Um, but, yeah, that's a good point how they are both defectors um, from the Empire and the First Order. Um, but Bodhi, yeah. I, the only thing I wish there had been more of for Bodhi, I wish he had had a better death scene. Um, Me too. I don't like, it's. it was quick. His was the only one that I had wanted more of a moment with. Although I did love his face when mm-hmm. when he saw the the, the grenade, yeah. and there's just this moment of, oh. okay, yeah. you know, and it was almost like he I think was the only one who maybe wasn't okay with his death because he had finally become part of the rebellion and he found something that he could latch on to. Um, yeah, I think that was, it was worth it. Yeah, after I think it was on Edu when he. Uh, I think it was Edu when he finds the new ship for them and starts shooting um, the different Imperial uh, guards or troopers and stuff. And I think it's K2 or, or someone says to him, you're a real rebel now. Mm-hmm. And he has this moment, like, he drops like, the controls and he's like, oh. Like, he's not sure if that's what he wants to be, I think. And then 
I think at the end he he it comes full circle. Yeah, he wants to be in the rebellion, but now his time is over. Totally. Wow, sad. I know it's sad. <laughs> it's really sad. He's like it's a great character. I really feel like Bodhi isn't getting enough attention as a great character. Well, Tumblr. I think Tumblr loves Bodhi. You know, I haven't been on Tumblr in so long, <laughs> but it's true. Yeah, yeah, no, he really doesn't. But but Riz Ahmed is so lovable. That's why Riz Ahmed <laughs> is really lovable. But as in life, we have to move on, and now we can talk about Jared and Baze. Oh, bye, Bodie. <laughs> Jared and Baze are great. <laughs> Did you like one more than the other? Jared. <laughs> he has more lines, and he's not just like a man with a gun. But yeah. Baze, I think, even more so than Bodhi, had less, um... Well, I know he, he doesn't really speak English. Yeah. So, I get it. But Baze's line when he calls Jin little sister is, like, the most adorable thing that ever happened. It is really freaking adorable. <laughs> um, I really liked him and Sherwood's relationship. I liked that you could tell that there was history there. Mm-hmm. That there was part of their story that isn't getting told. I mean, you're getting um, the tail end of the story, but you still feel the weight of their friendship. Wow. That yeah. was really <laughs> It's true. I know. <laughs> yeah, I thought Chirrut was great. I loved his... I wanted... What I wanted more of in the film was them... I don't know. I wanted the kyber crystals to come up more, and I'm thinking about this from when he saw Jin's kyber necklace, um, or knew that she had it, and his comment, you know, that the strongest hearts or the strongest stars have hearts of Kyber. Um, I think the Kyber crystals is such a great addition to Rogue One. And I don't know, I wanted I wanted there to be something more to Jin's necklace. I wanted it to come up more. Yeah, um, it didn't or come up again after she, she yeah, takes out. Yeah, or for, for Chirrut to talk to Jin about Kyber more, more. as the guardian of the wills. Who knows, or, maybe it was in the original script. Yeah, or even for Baze to have said something like, those talismans have no power anymore, more. or something like that, to kind yeah. of showcase more of how he lost his disbelief in the Force or in the, you know, the guardian of the wills, but um, at the end he's still, what he ultimately believes in is Chirrut. Totally. Yeah, it's true. Also sad. It was very sad. <laughs> Everything is sad. sad. There's that, you guys know that dinosaur book that's like, all my friends are dead. <laughs> that's, that's what I think of with uh, Rogue One. <laughs> all my friends are okay. dead. <laughs> um, okay, so, Krennic. Um, did, did you think he was an effective villain? Yes, because he was doing anything he could to get the attention of the Empire. Mm-hmm. Emperor. Did he, did he scare you like Kylo no. and, or Vader scared you? No, because he's a different kind of villain. He's, yeah. I don't think he's... Um, he's scary in his uh, quest to do what it takes to complete his project that's taken 20 plus years. But um, He just wants to turn it in already. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And get the credit for it. Mm-hmm. And But he doesn't... with. He doesn't really have the power that, like, Tarkin has, or Vader has, or the Emperor has, and mm-hmm. as a, he's not your traditional villain. No, he's not. I thought Krennic, yeah, you kind of see that uh, desperateness in him throughout the film. He's just so desperate to get the Death Star up and running, and all of these, all of these rebels keep getting in his way, mm-hmm. um, and keep kind of messing things up for him, and Tarkin keeps messing things up for him, um, and kind of in... Targon is overshadowing him, and 
really condescending towards Krennic. Totally. And I think that just pisses Krennic off to no end. Krennic is just a really pissed off villain. Yeah, he's so um, mad. Yeah, he's just mad, and I think it um, kind of... Uh, it clouds his thinking about what should be done um, or how he should handle situations mm-hmm. when they come up. Uh, like when he was trying, when he didn't want to believe that it was Galen who had leaked the information about the Death Star um, and when they did the first show of the Death Star's power on Jeddah and Krennic, you know, assumes that he's going to be in control of what's happening and Tarkin just kind of steamrolls over him and says, this is what we're doing, do it. <laughs> yeah. And Krennic just kind of stands there and pouts. <laughs> Which, I mean, I thought was funny, but... <laughs> Tar- Tarkin and Krennic's relationship is just so interesting. Because it's, it's clear, like, in the movie, you know that um, Tarkin is going to be the one that survives into A New Hope. And mm-hmm. the one that takes control and credit for the Death Star. The Death Star is his thing, it seems yeah. like. I mean, he's the one that can, you know, sends the orders. Um, it be interesting to see what caused... Tarkin to rise to third in command. It's, that's in Catalyst. Over, okay. It's in Catalyst. So you gotta read Catalyst. Okay. All right, all right. <laughs> Everyone I'll, should read Catalyst. I'll stop that train of thought it's then. Good. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. You know what's good about Catalyst too is that it starts in the Clone Wars. So mm-hmm. you see a lot of the whole heroes on both sides, like deception on, you know, the Emperor's hand in, you know, literally both sides. That the yeah. the the Death Star was um, being constructed then. I mean, we saw that in Attack of the Clones, but yeah, um, you know, it's I really just, good. I just appreciated how Tarkin was the only um, major officer in the Empire who made the choice not to wear a cape, mm-hmm. and he was like, "It's a little over the, the top, top. <laughs> and I don't need to do it." <laughs> Whereas Krennic and Vader were both like. Capes, 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 capes. <laughs> I love Krennic's cape. I, I like Krennic's cape. I wish too. it was iron, though. It kind of bothers me that it's, like, a little crinkly. Well, I, well in the first scene, I it's thought like it reindeer. was, like, I thought it was a raincoat cape. It is. But, but it's the same cape throughout the film. Is it? I think it is. I think mm. I've looked, because I think I he wanted really to think look at the, the difference cape for, in like material. for, 16 years. Okay, I'm sure it's not, like, the exact, <laughs> exact same cape, but I think, you know, it's like when you like something, you buy 12 of them. Oh, yeah. I think that's what happens when <laughs> he just buys 12 of the white capes. Exactly. Um, also, I just want to talk about Scarif and how on this third viewing last night, I thought it was so funny how Scarif is basically the library of the Empire, and then they have this huge AF attack on the, on, on the library, <laughs> and none of the, um, the guards or uh, officers in charge there really know what to do or like how to handle an attack emergency situation. <laughs> Like we're just the library. library. Like we can tell you what the. It's uh, so true. It is the, a library. It is. It's, it's the cloud database center. Yeah, it's Scarif <laughs> is just the cloud, and no one like I bet no one ever comes and visits them. And well, it's my understanding that there's multiple of these data centers around the galaxy for the Empire. Um, you know, I think that that's been confirmed on Twitter by Pablo. Really? Yeah. Who says that? Um, uh, you know, that they, sorry, I completely lost my train of thought. See, I thought, <laughs> I, I don't know, and I haven't Oh, seen no, that. it was confirmed, okay, I'm, I'm got it back, got okay. it back. Okay, take that, it. That, um, Pablo confirmed that there's many different locations, because obviously they need another blueprint for the Death Star when they make the Death Star trip. See, I was thinking that there was only a scare, because I thought it was, 
Or I thought it was particularly a good moment when Targan is told that Krennic is on Scarif <laughs> and that the Rebels are on Scarif as well. And Targan knows that they're going for the Death Star plans. So his train of thought, at least as I interpreted it, was that we're going to go, we'll just blow up Scarif, then there are no Rebels, there's no Death Star plan to steal, and I get rid of Krennic as an added bonus. <laughs> um, so I kind of thought there was like, we destroy Scarif, so now there's no chance for the Rebels to get the Death Star plans. That makes sense. But, but Pablo said. They obviously have Pablo said, said Pablo said there's like a so copy. My I, I think is that <laughs> the, your thought process is like, I would take the opposite of your thought process, is that Tarkin would be like, let's go destroy Scarif because we have other copies other elsewhere. So like, let's get this chance destroy the rebel, you know, incursion that's there. Yeah. And also, get Krennic out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, like, both of ours would have been applicable. Yeah, totally. And they both work. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, but Pablo said, Pablo said so, so. so. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then our last characters to discuss are Galen and Lyra. Um, the thing is in Catalyst... You see a lot of Galen, and you see a lot of Lyra, and I definitely read it as Lyra until the movie said Lyra, just saying. And like <laughs> Leah, Leia, Anne, Han. Like, of course, there's a four-letter L name <laughs> in Luke, a Star Wars Luke. movie. There has to be. Um, anyway. Yeah, I think Cassian is the longest name that we have <laughs> in the Star Wars universe. Um, anyway. Uh, it's funny because Galen in Catalyst is, like, a little nerd who loves his science projects, and he gets, like, he's totally obsessed with the kyber crystals, but doesn't under fully understand, like, um, the Jedi significance, and you see a lot of duality in Catalyst about the kyber crystals, and, you know, I mean, it's so interesting how the, it, just, like, on a basic level, it's so interesting that the, what powers the Jedi's lightsaber ends up being the source of the Death Star, the Empire. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably my favorite thing about Rogue One, is the use of kyber crystals. It's, I it's think so it, I think it's, it's fantastic. Um, but anyway, Galen is like a little scientist, and, um, you know, I think that a crucial part of his character, though, is that he can be manipulated, and, like, when he was younger, he was, by Krennic. Mm. So, um, but you know... he grew a backbone? Yeah, he did grow a backbone. Yeah. Yeah, he, he got that back exactly. though. Yeah, I liked, um, I haven't read Catalyst yet, so all I really have to go off of is um, what you the, see. the film. Yeah, and as far as Lyra was concerned, I liked her, but I was confused as to why she, she came back uh, and ended up shooting Krennic and getting shot herself. It's frustrating It is frustrating because... because that she, she basically abandons her daughter. Yeah, and she knows that... Galen is probably going to get taken. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Jin, she's going to be the only thing that Jin has left, and she still goes after Krennic. Um, and, I mean, I guess in the heat of the moment, she would have just been not thinking clearly. Um, I don't think she was. I think that's no, I don't, I don't think she was either, but still I was like, and your daughter, Jin. Yeah, <laughs> so, with her. so the thing is, you know, she has that line that says, we be taken as hostages. Yeah. Jin was born, I forget what planet it is, but Jin was born on a planet when Galen and Lyra were hostages. So they had been used to this life of Krennic and the Empire and the Republic taking them as hostages to, you know, learn from... Exploit Galen's yeah, mind. Yeah, exactly. 
So that line, it's it's so interesting. Like I said, it's like you everyone has to read Catalyst and then go into the movie theater and watch Rogue One because mm-hmm. that first scene is like a direct response to Catalyst. Yeah. And you see, like, she, Lyra has so much anger towards Krennic um, that it would be her first impulse to pull the gun and yeah. and shoot him. But it's a little selfish. Yeah, especially if you haven't read Catalyst. And a lot, yeah, of, people, I know, that's a lot of people who see Rogue One yeah, won't well, be reading Catalyst. Exactly. I know my parents were both like, all right, that was kind of dumb. <laughs> <laughs> there's Lyra, there's six not? death troopers plus yeah and then you know it, like it's uh, i don't know jeez <laughs> oh, lyra uh yeah that was probably the only thing i didn't love um was that moment with lyra it was a great dramatic moment um for galen but it didn't work in and the for sense, jen to watch yeah and for jen to watch but it didn't in the sense that lyra had an opportunity like she was with jen they were running away you know it wasn't um she you know, it wasn't like Lyra had been caught and Jin was escaping on her own. They both had a chance to get away together. Um, okay, so last thing, let's discuss the music real fast. What okay. did you think? First time I heard it, I was like, okay, I'm going to defend this, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I was going to need to defend it. Yeah. Is what I mean. Uh-huh. And I, I liked it. It was almost like, you know, they give you a little bit of the force theme and then they don't finish it and that was kind of frustrating. But now after repeat watches, mm-hmm. I'm very comfortable with it and I love it. Yeah, same. I didn't love it in the, the first time I saw it. Um, <laughs> the the little Rogue One like fan film situation that comes on the screen. It's I like really, not good. I really don't like the title. I like how the movie started. I like how we had that, uh, you know, blare of music and uh, the planet. I thought that was great. The pan down. It's great. Yeah, it was so Star Wars-y without having the crawl. So I thought that was perfect. But then they went for it with the logo, like, right away. <laughs> and it was, like, such a thin little border on the... It bothers me. It was a weird logo. <laughs> um, and the only... So pretty much like Charlotte, I didn't love the how we were kind of getting little tastes of John Williams themes. And then it would end differently. I didn't like that at first. Um, but now I like it a lot. The only moment I didn't like really for the music was uh, the first time Jin is on Yavin 4 and we see... Um, Are you going to say Bale? Yeah. We see Bale, yes. <laughs> uh, when Bale comes in and he has the Force theme, theme. attached so, to him. Just have but Leia's theme. But it doesn't if say anything. If you're, it's so stupid. It is such fan service. Yeah. Like, that is the most fan service moment in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, like the Force theme has, is usually reserved for moments of like heroes... Uh, heroics um yeah. and when he's just walking in yeah he just walks in and <laughs> just if, stands there. also if you're gonna have a theme for bail organa let's have a Leia theme yeah or a little touch of like yeah. theme uh kind of like woven into the background that was it really almost the only felt moment like I didn't an like. addition yeah i just bail bail is a really important character in the rebellion but he's never i don't know he's done really great things for the rebellion but not that we've ever seen, so I think to use the force theme for him was, it was I don't know, it was, it was overkill. It was like, look, this is a character from the prequel trilogy that you should know. Yeah, this is a character notice that is, him. is <laughs> notice me. And the thing is, like, a lot of people aren't going to recognize who no. Bail Organa is. No. You know? <laughs> and they'll, they'll recognize the force theme, though, and they'll be like, okay, who's that guy? But then he never comes up again really later until until that one other scene where he's talking to Mon Mothma about Obi-Wan. 
Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, that was the only thing I didn't like. But the rest of the music, I'm really on board with now. I love it, and I love yeah. listening to it. Guardian of the Wills, beautiful. Kin theme. Is, yeah, he is. It's, uh, I really think Michael Giacchino did a really fantastic job pulling from John Williams, but also making it his own. Yeah, and the, the whole last suite of music was just, so beautiful and sad and it, it was perfect I thought um so totally yeah I loved it if you haven't listened to Rebel Force Radio Star Wars Oxygen with David Collins who breaks down all of Star Wars music from across the whole eight films now uh <laughs> you definitely should because he it's amazing he will just blow your mind, mind on things <laughs> you gotta um, binge listen you gotta binge listen um and they've started going through Michael Giacchino's uh, there's one episode up and it's great yeah one of they usually do they'll take like four or five episodes to break down um an album from one of the films one of the scores mm-hmm. um so they've done one episode for rogue one so you have time to catch up um and then you can also start binge watching the rest of binge, li- binge listening the rest of the library yeah it is it's great it's so good yes. um but I think that's all we have time for today. I yeah. think we've. I think we'll probably come back to Rogue One. We'll always come back to Rogue One. It, it's probably when the DVD comes out. DVD, Blu-ray, the, the VHS. Yeah. yeah. So and or or just recently, who knows when if we have more things to talk about, which we do. We always do. We, yeah, we always do. So. But I hope you enjoyed this belated uh, discussion of Rogue One. We had a lot of fun making it. Um, and we will be back soon to talk about Rebels, uh, Star Wars Celebration coming up. Um, and um, everything Star Wars. And <laughs> basically everything <laughs> Star Wars. We'll be talking about it here. So uh, you can like us on Instagram. Please give us a review on yeah. iTunes. Yeah, leave us a review if you want. You can subscribe. Uh, you can go to our website where we'll have all of our social media stuff listed. Mm-hmm. Skytalkers.com. Yeah, so... You can head over there and get more information, and we'd love to hear back from you. Thank you. Goodbye. May May the force force be with you. That was good timing. (laughs) It was really good timing. Good.